Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We're honored that you're here, and we pray that you find this message both encouraging and inspiring. As you guys know, we've been in a series called This Is Hope Unlimited, and we have been going over our core values, which I touched a little bit about during um, offering, but I was, oddly enough, I was actually kind of chosen, kind of, I picked it, to talk about community this morning, and as you guys know, it's one of the things that are on our wall. We are here to encounter God and to live in community. And so community is a huge aspect of who we are as Hope Unlimited. And so I'm so excited because I actually um, preached on this, oh gosh, three years ago. It was during COVID because I know half our church had COVID. And so I was the night before Sunday, Pastor Casey was like, you have to preach, no one else can. And I was like, tomorrow? Okay, so this time I had way more time to prepare, Um, but if it's not any better than the last time, it's fine. I just, I'm used to leading worship. We're all just going to give me a whole lot of grace, Um, but I'm really excited because this has been something that has been on my heart, I mean, obviously for years because it's what I preached on in 2020, but my heart is for people. My heart is for relationships, and Um, growing up, I can look back over my life and being raised in church and see that honestly, what helped sustain my walk with the Lord when things did get shaky was my relationships. When I look back at all the times that I almost lost it all or gave it all up or thought about running from the Lord, it was my relationships with people and my relationship with the girlfriends that I had, the friendships that I had, the even just like the the leaders in my life who were like mentors to me, those kind of relationships are what sustained me and kept me under the covering of Jesus when I didn't really understand how to have a walk with Jesus. I just did the church thing. I didn't fully understand what it meant to do everything outside of these four walls. And it was the relationships in my life that helped get me to that point. Um, And so that's why I'm so excited about this because I've also seen, so obviously if you guys don't know, this is, I'm looking around and I don't know if half of you guys were even here when I preached this three years ago. So I'm also excited because that means this is going to be a fresh word to all of you. Um, But Wes and I, we started dating. Um, We just kind of gotten serious and Pastor Casey when he was thinking about launching this church, he met me in, if you guys know Miss Karen Wheaton, his mother-in-law, I was at her house for a bridal shower. And he met me in the parking lot and flagged me down, made me roll my window down. I like looked at him weird. And he was like, are you going to move to Knoxville with me and help me launch a church? And I was like, uh, sure. I just kind of said it because I didn't really know what else to say. And he was like, cool, cool. I, we'll talk at the offices tomorrow because I worked at the offices. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. 
And Wes and I had just gotten serious, and so I was like, oh, no. What did I just agree to? He's going to be so upset. And so I texted him, and I was like, um, I need you to come over to my apartment. We need to talk. So, of course, he's like, she's going to break up with me. Like, what is happening? So I get there, and I'm like, so I, like, agreed to do something. I don't really know why I agreed to do this, but I agreed to do something, and I think I'm going to move to Knoxville with Pastor Casey. And I was waiting for his response, and he was like, okay, we'll make it work, whatever it takes. And next thing I know, he's calling Pastor Casey into the office. Pastor Casey teases him about this all the time, and he's like, I feel a word to help you launch a church in Knoxville. Pastor Casey was like, of course you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a word from God to move to Knoxville. <laughs> and, and so we weren't even engaged. We were just dating, and we decided to move here. And so my family, I grew up in Cleveland, Tennessee, about an hour and a half down the road. My mom's actually here today from Cleveland. She came to be here. Um, and so my fam- I don't have family here in Knoxville. And then Wes's family obviously lives back in Alabama, which is like a five-hour drive. Um, so to move, not even engaged yet, and to have that in your mind, it's really scary because you don't have friends. Um, you're a we had discussed, we obviously decided that we were going to, like, get married and, you know, move forward once we moved here. But when we first got here, we didn't have, like, close-knit relationships. It wasn't, like, moving here. We knew people. Like, we knew Charlie. We knew Brandon and Michaela. We knew Jamie. But we weren't, like, all, like, we didn't hang out in Alabama. We just knew kind of of each other. And so being away from our families, it was, it was, a, it was scary but to know that like, okay, we've just got to do this. Like, this is what we feel like is from the Lord. We're moving to Knoxville. We're going to help launch a church. We've got to figure it out. And so over time, what we ended up doing is we had to learn how to build community fresh. And so a lot of people, they'll, they will come to a new church. They don't really know anybody. And it's really easy to just be like, I'm just going to go like with my family or I'm just going to go do my own thing or be in my safe space because I don't know people. And instead, especially I've noticed since COVID, people are like awkward now in person for whatever reason, myself included. And so it's hard to make friendships. It's hard to build relationships, especially fresh and to have to build. And like I said, my family wasn't here. So I had to like start completely fresh. I had to basically build family. You, I mean, these are my, this is my family now. You guys are like my family. When I need somebody to watch the girls, like, or I need, you know, somebody to like come over to my house or so if I'm sick, you guys are the ones bringing me food. You guys are the ones who are watching my kids. And so that's something, the reason I say all that to say, the reason that I am so passionate about that is because I've walked through that season of building community. I've walked through that season of, I have to start, not only do I have to start fresh, I have to learn how to maintain these relationships because maintaining friendships is not easy. It's not like everybody thinks it is. It's not like the friendships you grew up with in school your whole life that you were friends with since kindergarten and they kind of just like followed you into high school and you've just had your friends forever. I'm talking like, we got to make friendships. We got to keep these friendships because as easy as it is to just kick them and boot them to the side when you don't really, when you're kind of done with them, that's not what scripture talks about at all. And so I want to talk to you guys about community today. I've kind of rambled for a few minutes, but it's just a little icebreaker, you know, get all my nerves out. Um, But that's what I want to talk to you guys about today is community. 
how you build that, how you maintain that, and what that looks like um, as far as following Jesus. So really quick, if you guys, can you guys just lift your hands really quick? I'm just going to pray. So Lord, I just thank you. We thank you for your word. You thank you for your grace today. I thank you that this is a word that you have put on in the inside of me years ago that you are still stewarding, that you are still saying is a fresh word. And so I ask that this will fall on ears that are ready to hear and ready to listen and ready to receive. I ask that hearts be open. I ask that if there is any bitterness in the room toward this kind of conversation, toward this kind of topic, that you would leave it at the door, Lord, that you would give us fresh hearts to receive. And we just thank you so much for what you're going to do this morning through this in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Jansen. Give it up for Jansen, you guys. We love Jansen. I saw your mom and dad yesterday. They had such beautiful things to say about you. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, but no, they're amazing. They're amazing. They stood and talked to us for a long time. At, um, we were at a wedding yesterday. So, um, like I said, we're going to talk about community, but before we, like, really get into what that looks like, what I've noticed in church Like I said, both my parents were pastor's kids. I've been in church. I think I was born on a Friday. Is that right? And I was in church, I think, that Sunday. Um, So I've been in church a very long time. And, I mean, I was raised in the kind of church where, like, Sunday morning, Dad would come wake me up. And he's like, come on, we got to get up and go to church. I'm like, I don't feel good. He's like, well, good, we can pray for you when we get there. Like, we didn't, it wasn't like, no, I have a headache. I have to skip church. I mean, no shame, but like, I, don't, I didn't do that. That was like, too bad. Take some ibuprofen. I don't know what to tell you. We're going to church. Um, and so I, I am grateful for those seasons because I built relationships through times like that. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But something I have noticed being raised in church is that there are a few questions people ask in walking through Christianity. And those questions are, how do I love God? People don't really understand, like, how do I love God well? Um, they ask things like, how do I become a better Christian? How do I become more holy? Um, how do I, not only how do I love God, how do I love God more? And something that I have noticed over my life of trying to answer those questions for myself is the answer to so many of that, the answer is community. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. It's not, it's not the whole answer, but a lot of that and summed up in how you love him better, how you become more holy, it's community, it's relationships. And I'm going to show you why. So if you will, if you have your Bibles, most of y'all don't even carry Bibles anymore. That's okay. No shame. Um, open your phone or just read the screen because they're going to put it up there. Um, Acts 2 and verse 42 So I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It's a really fun version. I really like this one. Um, So it's 42 through 47. It says, Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, daily, 
they met together in the temple courts and in one another one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. And so I read that years ago. And something that I realized is that what Jesus is telling us here is that, number one, you need people. You need people. And, and I'm... I, I am not an argumentative person. You can ask my husband. The second he starts to even have like a little fun debate, I shut down. I'm like, no, I'm not arguing with you about this. It doesn't, I don't care. I will argue with you until I am blue in the face that you need people. I'm so tired of watching Christians crumble and break because they refuse to get in relationships. You, it's so easy because for whatever reason, we think that Jesus just walked this life alone. We take those like 40 days that he was in the wilderness by himself and think that was his whole life. So if Jesus can be in the wilderness for four days, I can live my whole life alone in my prayer closet. And that's so not Jesus. That's so not Jesus. And so you do need relationships. You do need people. Jesus had people. He had people. He had disciples. He had, not only did he have the 12 disciples, he had his three close ones. So it's his even closer circle. He had people, he just walked down the street. He looked at Zacchaeus and said, hey, I'm going to come to your house today. He just made friends walking down the road. Jesus had people in his life. He wasn't doing this alone. Jesus went to weddings. Jesus had fun. Jesus was, he was cool. People wanted to be around him. He did not do this on his own. And so that is something to start with. That's something you cannot do. You can't do this life with Jesus by yourself. You can't do it with just your family. You can't do it with just your spouse. I love my husband. He is everything. He is my safest place. But there is something in my relationship with my girlfriends that he'll never be able to give me. And that's not anything against him. That's because we, are all, we all have something to offer in relationships. And so you, you cannot do this by yourself. You can't stay home with your kids and your husband and think, I got it, I'm good. That's not it. Jesus didn't just have his core three. He had so many more. Um, Matthew 26, 38 I'm not going to flip there in my scripture, but just throw it up really quick because it's just like a quick snippet of what Jesus is. So he's in the garden. And this is when um, the, this is when he's praying before he gets, um, wow, my words all just, I was looking for the scripture and it didn't come up and then my words just left. Um, it was, he was in the garden. He's going to pray with the disciples before he is um, obviously captured, rested and all that stuff. Um, but what he says is basically, I'll paraphrase since they don't, oh, okay. 38, but it's okay. Don't worry about it, Becca. It's okay. Um, he basically looks at his disciples and he says, can you please pray with me? Because I'm grieving. And I talked about this. So I taught a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night talking about what it looks like to grieve. And um, I used this scripture as an example talking about how Jesus grieved, obviously, and how you need people in those seasons. But this scripture sticks out to me so much. Every time I read it, it just gets something fresh in me that, like, 
when he was going through something, he needed his people. He needed people to sit with him when he was grieving. I know, especially from, I don't like to show emotion a lot. I don't, I try to just try to like push everything down. That's just part of like my personality that I like have to work through. But what is so cool about Jesus is that he shows you don't have to do that. You don't have to put on a brave face. Jesus didn't. He looked his friends right in the face and said, I am grieving to the point of death. I am at my lowest of my low. I need you guys. And it's hard for us to get there sometimes because we get hurt in relationships. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that if you get in community, you won't get hurt. Because that would be a bold-faced lie. Because I have been hurt more times than I can count in friendships. More times than I, can even, I care to even think about. And it does get challenging to have to, like, break yourself back open and let more people in. But I've also been hurt in relationships with guys before I got married. And I'm married today. And I'm sure some of you have been through some bad breakups in the past. And are you married today? Have you opened yourself back up to those relationships? And for whatever reason, we find ourselves, like, with certain situations, we'll open ourselves up here because we just really want to be married. But we won't open ourselves back up in relationships and friendships because we've been hurt. And we pick and choose where we get to open ourselves up to. And I have learned so much over having relationships that they take work. And you do need people. So we ask the question, how do you love God? How do you be a better Christian? How do you become more holy? So it's how you live in community. And there's a couple of things you start by. Number one, you're going to start by loving your neighbor. Because that's how you love God well. When you love people well, that is loving God. So when you love your spouse well, when I love Wes well, that is me honoring God. That is me loving God. When I love my kids well, that is me honoring God. I don't push them aside and say, no, Wes, no, it's just me and Jesus. I embrace that because that is me loving God. That's what God desires for us is for us to be in relationship. And so when you love your neighbor well, you are loving him. You are becoming more holy. You are becoming a better Christian. This is a very, very common scripture. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. We all know it. <clears throat> it's the love chapter. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle, consistent, consistently kind, it refuses to be jealous. Love does not brag about one's achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty, finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as, as defeat, and it never gives up. And so loving your neighbor looks like this. And we are so quick to get offended at a friend. We're so quick to get offended at one thing your friend says. One thing to get offended and write them off completely. But your spouse can say a hundred things in one sentence that tick you off and you're going to love them again. 
Wes can say a million things in one sentence, and I'm like, I'm, oh my gosh. But within 20 minutes, I'm over it, and I'm ready to hold his hand again. But one friend can say one thing that you didn't really care. Not even, they didn't have to say anything. I get, you could see somebody just make a face you didn't like. Done with them. Don't want to hang out with them anymore. Not giving them the time of day. Not wasting my time with that friendship. And I've, I've learned, because we talk about love, love, love is patient, love is kind. We put that with, we always preach that on Valentine's Day. But we need to start preaching it when it comes to relationships. Because when you love well, love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't boast or brag. My, okay, I was going to say my favorite part of this, but I'm going to reel that back in because it pricks my heart. So it kind of makes me feel weird. Um, love sees the best in people. I'm the worst at, at assuming I feel like I've gotten better. I've been really, really trying. But love sees the best in people. They don't assume people's feelings. They don't assume people's emotions. They don't assume people's attitudes. They don't assume, well, they said this. They, they definitely meant this. And that's something that even, I mean, we as people, for whatever reason, I don't really know how this even started, we are so quick to get offended and just assume and think the worst of people. And never give people grace or maybe just assume that maybe they didn't mean it like that. And so when, you're, when we're discussing loving people well, I don't care how many times you have to read this passage of scripture. Get it in you. I am patient. I am kind. I do not boast. I'm not jealous. I celebrate people when things go well. And that's honestly, I don't even want to talk so much about loving your neighbor because it's so, it's, it's not simple, but like if you could apply this passage to your life when it comes to loving people well, your relationships will change. They will change overnight. And I'm not talking about you praying, God, make them patient. God, make them kind. God, make them not jealous. I'm talking about me. God, make me kind. God, make me gentle. God, make me understanding. God, help me because if you could change what's going on in here, it doesn't matter what they're doing. You're going to love them well regardless. They may never change, but you can love well. And you can give grace. And you, gosh, I live so much happier when I give people grace and I don't just harbor up bitterness and frustration all the time. Even when they're acting a fool and they don't get better, I feel better because I don't have time to carry that around. Number two, how else you live in community? You have to build relationships, and you have to keep them. So the first thing when building relationships and keeping them is you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with people. And it's so easy to just think that you're going to go to a church with a bunch of people your age, and you're just going to, like, make besties with everybody by just saying you go to church there. That's not how that works. You have to be intentional with your relationships. Something that I've had to like, even, we kind of talked about this on leadership at church, but something I've had to make a practice of doing is like, when I think about somebody, I text them. Hey, just thinking about you. It doesn't even have to be anything big. We don't have to have a long drawn out conversation. I am making a connection. 
I am putting myself in that place to be intentional, to let you know I am thinking about you. You are on my heart. And that is something so practical that we like just kind of don't even think of doing. We'll think of someone and then we don't really do anything about it. And so you have to be intentional when it comes to keeping relationships and building them. Another thing about being intentional that this is, I can't even believe we're like preaching this nowadays, but I have found this to be so big. As much as we hate it, social media is a huge thing. And like if you're, I'm just, like if you're maybe a little shy, maybe Sundays are hard to like really put yourself out there. And that's okay. Like I'm not asking you to just be the most extroverted human being ever all of a sudden because I preach this message. I'm not. But small things will make will change over time. So interact with people on social media. If you like someone's picture, like their picture, if you're, you're a girl in here and you see a girl post something and she looks cute, tell her, like, you look so pretty right here. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but those things are like, those are intentional. Those are, that is like putting yourself in a position to build relationships. It's putting yourself in a position to like say, hey, I do want to have this friendship. I do see you. I do recognize you. I do see that you are, you know, I see that you post this cute picture of your kid. Oh my gosh, they look adorable. I mean, interact on social media. Why are people so weird? Like, don't be weird about it. If you think something, say it or do it. Obviously, you need to be inviting people to do stuff. And like I said, there's going to be people who are shy. You're more introverted. That's okay. But you have to be intentional. If you want to have relationships, you need to invite people. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to coffee. Let's go to lunch. After church, like, find your people. Hey, what are you guys doing for lunch today? And be intentional about continuing that. Not a one time we went to lunch, that was it. Be intentional about building those friendships, building those relationships. Um, something I have noticed huge when keeping friendships or really building friendships, I would say. Stop using the word click. Stop having this attitude of like, oh, they have a click. Oh, they already have their friend group. They have their click. They're just too cool. Here's the deal. Here's the truth. You have people you'd rather be around than other people. And sorry, but you have your own click whether you like to say it or not. You're just not in one that you would like to be in, so your insecurity is showing a little bit. And I'm not saying that to shame you. I'm saying that to shame me. I'm, I've seen so many relationships damaged because they threw the word click out there. Now, here's the deal. If you are in friendships and you refuse to let anybody else in your friendships, get over yourself. You are not too cool for other people. You are not. If you're saying this is my core friend group and no new friends, get out. Like, get out of here. <laughs> That's not what we're about. That's not who we are. That's not who Jesus was. So if you're in a clique, get out. But if you're using a, people have cliques as an excuse not to get into friendships, come on now. It's okay to recognize we're a little insecure. That's Okay. It's okay. It's okay to just own. Like, I think I'm a little insecure here. I think I would like to be a part of that friendship. I don't know how I fit into that friendship. So maybe, maybe I think I'm carrying a little bit of resentment. So I've been throwing that word click out there to let everybody else know that that friend group, I didn't know how to get in. And that's okay. That's okay to just own what you're feeling. 
It's okay to not be so proud. I say that to myself. It's okay for us not to be so proud to say, I think I felt some insecurities there. But drop the word click when you're seeing other people in relationship. And with that, don't act like too cool, like to be a part of stuff. Like, you know, like those people that like hang out and you see them and you're like, yeah, that's dumb. They're doing that. That's so dumb. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, they're, they're going out and doing this. And I'm not doing that. You will not get invited anywhere with an attitude like that. I promise. Because people have said that around me and I'm like, well, then fine then. Don't hang out with us. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to say that honestly. Like if you're acting too cool for stuff, we do that because we're insecure. I do it. If you're acting too cool for stuff, ain't nobody going to want to hang around you. You got a bad attitude, don't nobody want to invite you nowhere. You have to be the friend that people want. You have to be somebody people want to be around. And I mean, I'm not talking like you're really going through a hard season and you're just like in a place where you're like, I'm not in a good mood right now. That's, that's different. I'm talking about you're trying to build relationships and you just grumpy all the time. No, you ain't going to have no friends. I'm just telling you. So those are just some like pinpoints on how we build, keep relationships. Next thing is you've got to stop gossiping in your community. You will destroy your friendships. You will destroy any ounce of respect that people have for you. You will destroy any ounce of, I hate this because they should love you anyways, but the love people have for you. We're all human. It will dwindle away when they find out that you've been talking. I know because I'm not perfect. I've said things I shouldn't have said in relationships, and I've had to face them. I've had to sit down and look at people. I've had to own up to the things that I've said. When, when building those friendships, you, you need the right people. And here's the thing. You can't be best friends with everybody. You can't. The, my best friend in the world is somebody that I'm close with for a reason. We connect on certain levels. We talk about certain things. We get along in these ways. We have the same sense of humor. We like the same kind of shows. But we can, I can't do that with everybody. I mean, yeah, the, we're, we can all be friends. We can all have something in common. But there's a reason that your best friend is who your best friend is. And so you, you do need the right people. You need the right people to connect with. You need, you need people who won't disrespect your community. If this is my people and somebody comes talking about you guys, they got to go. I love you, but from out there. You're not getting in here because you're not messing up what I have with these people. I mean, I look at that as, I know Cole talked about it a couple weeks ago. He talked about family. And for whatever reason, like, it's so easy sometimes, especially in, like, groups like this is a big group, for people to come in and be like, well, did you hear about so-and-so? They da-da-da-da-da. And you feed that a little bit. But I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody starts talking about my sister Hannah in a setting, I can say what I want to her all day. You're getting on my nerves doing this. You're getting on my nerves doing that. But the second, if Jamie comes to me and starts talking about my sister, we're fighting. Like, I'm not putting up with it. Don't talk about my sister. That's not what we're doing here. But for whatever reason, we allow that in this kind of setting. And I say it because I've let it happen. We've all let it happen. 
But the people that you want in your life, the relationships that you want in your life, they can't disrespect this because this is sacred. This is safe. This is home. You don't let people talk about your house. Somebody starts talking about my kid, they're going down. You don't let people talk about your household. You don't let people talk about your spouse. So you don't let people talk about your friendships and your community. Those people have to go. Those are not the people you need close to you. No one is perfect. We're all going to drop the ball. We're all going to get frustrated at someone in this room and say it to somebody else in the heat of a moment. But the right person that you want in your life is always trying to become the right person. So if they're messing up, yeah. But if they're always trying to get better, those are the people that you want. Because we're not a single one of us are perfect in this room, myself included. But if you're always striving, I should not have said that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I can, we, can, we can talk like that. We can have those kind of conversations. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to slip up and say something we shouldn't say. We're going to get aggravated at each other. But the right friends are always trying to become the right people. And you need to watch out for that. You need to be looking at those people. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open for those kind of people. You need to be living offense-free. We talked about that a little bit earlier, seeing the best in people, but you don't have time to harbor up offense. I can remember, um, I used to do these lives on um, Instagram, and we did, Wes and I both did one one time called Living Offense-Free. And Wes said something one time that was so good. He said, when you take offense to somebody, what you do is you're taking what they did and you're putting it in your pocket for later. And you're saving it until you're ready to use it against them. And that's what offense looks like. Well, I'll just hold on to this. Slip it back here. Maybe a month will go by. We won't really talk about it. It'll be fine. But then wait until you make me mad. I'll pull it up. And I'll let everybody else know what you did. And we do that. But what happens is you do that once. And then you do that twice. And you do that three times. Next thing you know, your pants are hanging to the ground. And you're carrying heavy weight. That, end up, that doesn't do anything to them. It pulls you down. The weight of offense pulls you to the ground. It's heavy on you, not them. Especially, this is later in my notes. We're going to talk about it right now. Especially when they don't know that you're offended. We are so good at getting irritated at people, and then we don't tell them. We get ticked off, and we have all these expectations, and they don't meet them, and... We never say anything, and we wonder why we're so grumpy all the time. Oh, that's where that grumpiness comes from when people don't have friends. I get it. They're carrying bitterness. Something, this scripture, I love this, but I hate this at the same time. So Luke twenty-two fifty. This is the story of they come to arrest Jesus the soldier is trying to take Jesus. And here comes Peter. We love Peter. Don't we love Peter? Here comes Peter with a sword, slices the soldier's ear off in the name of Jesus. And what Jesus does is he says, stop with your violence. And he picks up the ear and he puts it back on the man and he heals him. And something that I read this, like I think it was like last year I read that. 
And the Lord checked me and he said, don't be somebody I have to come back behind and heal after you've left. Don't be somebody that walks around and does whatever they want and says whatever they want in the name of Jesus. And I'm having to come back behind and heal them. Because we think we're doing something right. We think we're doing something for the Lord, but we're harming people in the process. And I don't want to be somebody that Jesus is having to chase around all the time, picking up the pieces that I've broken from people and healing them again. All in the name of Jesus. The fourth thing that you want to do when trying to build relationships and maintain them is join a group. Please join a community group. We have multiple. When you are getting connected to a group, sure, maybe it's not like the thing that you want to do. Missy Winden has a craft community group. Maybe you don't love crafts, but if you love people, that's where people are. And if you don't want to do any of the stuff at the community groups, then start your own. We need to be able, this is why we have these avenues here. This is why we have hope teams. This is why we have community groups. We want you to find areas because this gets chaotic on Sundays. When, on the Sundays that I'm up here leading worship, I have to be up here before service starts. And most of you aren't in here until a few minutes after service starts. It's okay. I'm late to a lot of things too. And so I don't get to meet you before service. And then I have to come back up for altar call, and most of you dip out before we've even dismissed. That's okay. We love you anyways. So you leave before I'm even done. There's a whole team of people up here you've probably never even said hi to because you peace in late and you peace out, which is fine. Sundays are crazy. I get it. But if Sundays aren't where you're building relationships, that's why we have community groups. That's why we have serve teams. We want you to be a part of Hope Team because your friendships are there. Do you know the relationships that I have with people on this stage is because we spend so much time together? You not believe the amount of group texts that Wes is a part of with most of the guys up on this stage or our Slack group that our worship team is always sending the most ridiculous stuff in. And my worship team laughed because they know it's all ridiculous all the time. But you find people who are like-minded. You find people who have the same interests as you. And you find people that you want to text outside of a Sunday, that you want to go get coffee with outside of a Sunday. That's where you find those people, in a group, in a friend group, in a serve team, wherever. Luke chapter 1, verses 28 I talked about this the last time I preached on community, but it's one of my favorite things. So the angel of the Lord appears to Mary and tells her that she's going to have a baby. And of course, Mary is like, I'm sorry, what? I'm a virgin. Can't do that. And the angel of the Lord says to her, consider Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with a miracle. And when I read that the first time, I remember thinking, okay, wait. He's not saying, like, just pray. The Lord will explain it all. He's saying, consider Elizabeth. 
consider somebody who's going through the same season as you. Consider somebody who has walked through what you've walked through. Go get in a relationship with people. The angel of the Lord did not say, go pray. He said, go be with people. Go be with someone who's walked through that. When I lost my dad, I needed to go be with some people who lost some family members. I needed to go be with some people who could hold my hand and say, I'm walking through it with you. We're here for you. That's what you need when you're going through. You need people. You need to consider somebody who's going through hell just like you or who's already went through it and wants to help pull you through. And that's, that's the angel of the Lord. That's what he's telling us to do. So you can say all day, well, I'll just sit in my prayer closet and pray and the Lord will fix it. Mm-mm. He said, consider Elizabeth. And what I love is I had this later on. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. It's fine. We'll come back to it. Luke 5, 17 is another story. I know I'm all over the place with scriptures, Becca. You do not have to like be flying around, flopping stuff up there. Is when the friends bring their friend who is paralyzed down through the roof. And I love that story because these friends tried to get them, tried to get this man to Jesus through the crowd where he was healing people. And they were trying to get, okay, our friend is, he's paralyzed, he can't walk. We need to get him in here to get healed. So yeah, those are some good friends trying to get to Jesus. They weren't just trying to get him to Jesus. Those friends were determined to get their friend to Jesus. They ripped a roof off to get that man to Jesus. They used all of their strength to lower him down into the room Jesus was in to get their friend to Jesus. And those are the kind of people that you need in your life when you're deciding how to build relationships and how to build friendships. You need people who will rip a roof off for you. You need people who will not just be like, I'm so sorry, and they'll rub your back and say, it's going to be okay. No, you need people who will say, okay, well, what do we got to do? Tell me what you need. What do you need me to do? How do you need me to pray? Where do, you, do, you, do you need me to come and get you up out of bed on Sunday mornings to make sure you get into church? I'll do it. I'll come get you from your house. I don't care. What do you need me to do? You don't have a ride to community groups on Thursday night? I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm not giving you an excuse as to why you can just sit in what you're going through. You need people who will rip a roof off for you and get you to Jesus. Because real friends will fight to get you to Jesus. They won't let you sit in what you're going in. They won't let you sit in your funk. They're not going to let you sit in your anxiety. They're not going to let you sit in your brokenness. They're not going to let you sit in your dysfunction. They're going to get you to Jesus, whatever that looks like. Not only do you need friends like that, you need to be that friend. You need to decide, before you start making friends, you need to decide, I am going to be the person who rips a roof off for people. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to tell you pretty things that make you feel good. They need to be bringing you to Jesus. You need those people who will speak truth to you. They'll be honest with you. I don't think that's a good idea. I th I'm thinking about doing that. I don't think that's a good idea. I love you, but that does not seem like a good idea. Do you think this is good for my mental health? No. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. I mean, honestly, we're all adults, so sometimes people don't listen. But you need people who will be honest with you. They'll tell you. And we've talked about this before, but 
Jesus had his 12, and then he had his three. Don't despise your group of three. If all you have is your core group of three, don't despise your group of three. Because Jesus only asked for the group of three when he was going to be arrested. Don't despise those small friend groups. Don't despise those people that you're super close with. I'm getting a little over time, but do y'all care? Okay, that's fine. Well, one person said nope, so here I go. Um, The fifth thing, you have to show up. I have seen so much frustration in the church over my time in ministry where people will say, well, so-and-so didn't invite me to this, and -and so-and-so went out to eat after lunch on Sunday, and I didn't get invited, and guess what? Those people didn't even go to church. And then they see on Facebook that so-and-so went to lunch together, but they weren't at church to even get invited. If you want to be a part of relationships, you want to find friendships, you have to show up. Unfortunately, people don't chase you down. So if you want friendships, if you want relationships, you have to show up. Family, show up. If my sister has a birthday dinner, I'm going to show up. If whenever they decide to come, if my nieces and nephews have birthday parties, I'm going to show up because we're family. That's what we do. You're welcome. That's what we do for family. You show up. So if we've got people in our church who are having baby showers, show up. Your people are sending out invites to you and they want you to come and be a part and you aren't even showing up. And then you're wondering why you don't have relationships. Do you know how many times people have been invited to stuff? I've seen people be invited to things, to other kids' birthday parties, baby showers, wedding showers, whatever, and they just don't show up. And then you're out here like, I'm just depressed. I don't have friends. Well, you could. You have to show up when it comes to being in relationship. They don't fall in your lap. I love that. So we talked about, this is what I was going to talk about earlier. So when the angel of the Lord appears to Mary and says, consider Elizabeth, the very next verse, it says, Mary went to Elizabeth. So the Lord told her, go find relationships. And she went and found relationships. And that is when the baby on the inside of Elizabeth leapt and there a Holy Spirit came in that moment. There was an encounter with God in that moment because they showed up. Because she decided I'm going to show up, do what the Lord is asking of me, make friends, make relationships. If you want those kinds of friendships in your life, you have to show up. If if you don't, you're going to miss out on stuff. I can't tell you how many times me and some friends have stood out here in the lobby after church one Sunday and been like, what are you doing tomorrow? Y'all want to go get dinner tomorrow night? That plan would have not been made had we not been standing out here in the lobby and hadn't shown up to church. But then everybody else can get offended because we all went to dinner Monday night and didn't invite them. Come on, you've all been there. Don't look at me like that. We wonder why people are hanging out, going and doing stuff together. Well, it probably was made from the last church event that we were all at that you couldn't come to. And it's okay, stuff comes up. I'm not talking about you got stuff going on. 
I'm talking about we got we got church we got Super Bowl parties we got like hangouts after we've got the community group events we got going on we've got all kinds of like church stuff that we're doing people just don't show up and then they're missing out on what is being offered to them and like I said there's no like shame if you got stuff going on and you can't come but if you're just choosing just I think my child's offended she's decided she's leaving if you're if you're just not showing up, you're missing out. And it's not because we're trying to get numbers. It's because we're, we're trying to get to know you. We're trying to build relationships with you. I want what you have. And that's something else that I have learned is that when I'm in relationships with people and they don't show up, I'm not getting something I need in my life. And same thing. If I'm going to church with people and I'm just deciding I'm not showing up to stuff, they're missing out on something because you have something to offer people. And so when you don't show up, people that you care about aren't getting everything they're supposed to be getting. This is some of the the last few things. I'm just going to go over really quick and then I'll let you guys get out of here. Relationships get messy. Get over it. I sound really harsh up here. Oh, my goodness. I'm just really passionate about this because I've seen it destroy relationships. I'm, when I say get over it, I'm talking to myself. Friendships get messy. You've got to get over it. You've got to be willing to build what you've had and keep it and maintain it and fight for it. Being in community means you have to get in their mess. You have to be willing to have hard conversations. I, I don't know if you guys are, know anything about the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram 9, which means I am the peacekeeper, peacemaker. I want everything to be fine. We'll just pretend like nothing's going on, and I'll just hide it, and we'll push it down, and I'll just get over it, and it'll all be fine so everybody gets along. I am married to an eight, which is, means the challenger, which basically means he likes to just say whatever he thinks all the time. So I have had to be pushed to have hard conversations. No, you're going to tell me what's wrong. No, you're going to tell me why. That's not, you can't do that. You have to talk. You have to tell me why you're upset. I'm fine. I'm fine. You have to talk. And that is something I've had to take into my friendships. That is something I've had to go to coffee with friends with and sit down and be like, this hurt me. But if I hadn't said this hurt me, they couldn't say, I'm sorry. You don't give people a chance to fix it if you don't talk about it. And it's hard because it's scary to open yourself up to people that can walk away. But if you don't give people an opportunity, if you don't have hard conversations, They're probably going to walk away anyways because you're closed off and you've put up a wall. You have to have hard conversations. You have to be okay with opening yourself up. Hard conversations don't have to be rude. You don't have to be rude to people to have those kind of conversations. You just have to reveal your expectations and your pain. The thing about 
I said this earlier, but you do have to reveal your expectations. You can't keep putting expectations on people and then getting upset when they don't meet them. If you refuse to tell someone that they upset you, then you need to get over yourself. If you refuse to tell someone, hey, this bothered me, then you just need to get over it. If you refuse to talk about it, then you need to learn how to just let it roll off your back and not bring it up again. Instead of holding it in and just not telling anybody. Last thing, few things. Jesus tells the disciples in the garden, he says, why are you sleeping? I asked you to stay awake. He was honest about how he felt. What I'm basically sharing with all of this is I'm showing you all the areas that Jesus had relationships. And Jesus showed us how to have relationships. He showed us how to do them well. He showed, him, showed us how to do them honestly. When you were with friends, when you were in relationship, when you were in fellowship, we read Acts 2 earlier at the beginning of the message, said that they, were, they met in the temple and then they met in each other's homes. I'm not asking you to come in here and say hi to your friends and then leave and that be it. We'll see you next Sunday. You need to go be in fellowship. You need to be in relationship. You need to be doing this outside of here. Because that will make in here so much better. I know that this kind of topic is really hard in church because I can probably guarantee that every single person in this room has probably been hurt by somebody in church. Myself included. And I know that wanting to open yourself back up to friendships is really hard. But what I want is for this kind of conversation to be something you can start fresh with. I want these kinds of topics to be something that we're okay with. And if you have been hurt by somebody in the church, I want this to be a fresh stomping ground for you. Maybe you've come from other churches where you have been sliced up. We want this to be a place where you can heal. And I want, I want to give an altar call for people who say, I need relationships. I want relationships. I've been hurt by relationships. I don't know how to have relationships. And I want this to be a place where we can heal together, where we can agree that that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna agree that this is Hope Unlimited and we are committed to making these relationships and making them healthy and making them look like Jesus. Because you can ask heaven to come in your friendships. It looks a little messy sometimes, but you can. And so I want to open up the altar for people that just need someone to pray with them, if you just need people to pray with you for grace in these kinds of situations, do we have an altar team for today? 
you guys you guys can go ahead and come up for um, the altar team but I also want to just give space for other people to come up and pray with people if you are in the room and you say I really do want these kinds of friendships can you just stand up across the room if that's you? If you say, I really do want these kinds of relationships, this is something I'm willing to fight for. We, we want this place to be a safe place where we can say, I, I will fight for this. Everybody just go ahead and stand up with me really quick and we're just going to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you didn't never, ever asked us to walk alone. You never expected us to do this by ourselves. We thank you that this is a house of community, a house of relationships, a house of friendships a house of people who will give grace where grace is given, a house of people who will see the best in others, a house of people who are willing to have hard conversations, a house of people who are willing to meet outside of church and in each other's homes, a house of people who are willing to stop gossiping, a house of people who are willing to let some things go. If you've been hurt by friendships, just everyone close your eyes really quick. There are people in the room, you've been hurt by people in the church, and this is a really, really difficult place for you. If you'll just lift your hand. Jesus, you see every hand. I ask that you would begin to pave the way for healing right now you would begin to just show them people in this house who want to help heal and restore scripture says you cast your cares on one another so that there may be healing and Lord I ask that you would open the door for us to be able to cast our cares on one another so that we can link up together I know we've gone over really long, but I'm going to ask everybody to come to the altar. Every person. I want to ask every person in this room. I want you to come down to the altar. I want us to just come together as a group of people and say we are going to fight for this. We are going to fight for relationships. We are going to let ourselves be healed of the hurt that we've been through in relationships. We're going to be willing to say, this is fresh. This is new. I've been hurt. People have hurt me. People have been lousy friends. But I want this to be a place where we say, we decide we're going to fight for each other. The way you would fight for your spouse if they tried to walk out is the way you fight for the people in this room. We don't let them walk away broken. 
We don't let them walk away angry and bitter. We fight for relationships. We fight to be at peace with all people. We fight to hold on to each other even when it's hard. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. We're gonna fight to make this a place where we trust each other. Where whatever is said in these rooms and in these circles doesn't leave. We don't hold things against people. This is so different what we've ever done, but if everybody could just grab someone's hand next to you. We're just gonna pray together. And I want you to pray for the person sitting next to you. I want you to pray for the person that you're touching hands with, that you're shoulder to shoulder with. And I want you to just pray for them in a way that they would have an open heart to receive the love that you and the people in this room have to offer them. And so Jesus, right now, I just thank you for every person that's in this room. Come on, would you guys just pray right now? I pray for every person that's in this room that you would just give them and heart to receive, ears to hear, that you would let them feel the love like they've never felt before, that this would feel like home, that this would feel like family, that all the hurt that they've walked through would be restored and would be healed. Father, we just thank you right now that you are healing all of those wounds, all of the scars that have been left from people that have hurt us. I thank you that you are healing and I thank you that even when people do cut the ear off the soldier, you are still the Jesus that comes behind and heals. I ask that every person in this room would have grace for one another, that they would have a fresh love for one another. Father, we just thank you for who you are. I thank you that this is your heart. This is your heart, Jesus. It's your heart that people would be made whole. It's your heart that people would be in communion. It's your heart that people would love each other well. I pray for a strength in every single person in here that would have a strength to fight for relationships, a strength to fight for friendships. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and the glory for who you are, for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name.